0: I'm Chris Rungi, and this is Study Hall. Welcome to Study Hall, the podcast dedicated to getting a little bit smarter about advertising. Hi, this is part two of our interview with Scott Cosson. If you want to know about Scott and the book, um, listen to part one. The full introduction is there. And, as a reminder, the opinions expressed by Scott are his own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of his employer. Thanks. I just want to throw it open to you and Robin. How can a company succeed in creating the right culture, and how can marketing help with that?
1: Okay, I think the first priority is uh, you have to have a, a product that is really genuinely useful, efficacious, safe, Um, priced well, okay, so that's a given. You have that. That's Chapter 3, product and culture. But um, once you have that, the culture of the organization is incredibly important. Oh, my gosh. And there's so much out there right now around culture. Um, I love Simon Sinek. I love Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. Um, I love all these people who talk about uh, vulnerability, Uh, Marcus Lemonis. All these people talk about vulnerability as – Uh, really a prerequisite for a healthy culture uh, because it's what creativity and innovation come from is when people are free to express and safe to express their ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can develop a culture around with that as a fundamental premise, boy, do you have an upper hand, a healthy culture in an organization is one where people feel safe to communicate, to create, to put ideas out there, to share. And it's not going to be used against them. And I can't even believe I have to say that, but I've seen it.
0: Um, well, I, I think that's you actually that, quite but, common. It's common. In, it's common in a lot of organizations I worked into on Mad, you know, in New York, on Madison Avenue. It's uh,
1: yeah, it's it's an unfortunate reality, but I think it's also changing thanks to the work of a lot of different people who identify and understand the priority and the value to organizations of supporting something like this. So this mm-hmm. gets back to what I was talking about earlier uh, in response to a couple of questions was the uh, listening to input from the field, listening to that and applying it where it's productive and useful and acknowledging that it's relevant and valuable and important to the organization. Mm -hmm. I think that's an incredibly valuable starting point for any organization if they want to refine their culture, is genuinely be interested in what the organization has to say at the feet on the street level. Mm -hmm. They're the people who maybe know better than anyone what our customers really
0: want and need. I wonder, Robin, I wonder what your perspective is on that, and then I'll weigh in with some thoughts there.
2: Yeah, Scott, I think it's a great point that Scott brings up is, is there's a lot of organizations out there and, and especially ones that I've been a part of that, that value that voice of the field and voice of the customer, but voice of the field is, is always a priority for the marketing organizations, at least that I've been exposed to and, and a part of. But what's not always talked about, and that's why I think it's great, Scott, that, that you bring up the point, is the real voice of the field. So I'm sure if you, if you ask any marketer for, especially within a healthcare-focused organization, how many field rides they've gone on and, and how often they're out in the field. And, and the answer is, is often surprising how often marketing is in the field. But the way the day looks, I'm sure, to Scott's point, is not the typical day in the field and how can those organizations do a better job of pushing back a bit and saying, I don't, I don't need to have a perfect day. I need to have an every day when I come out to the field. And there's some trips that maybe need to be focused on getting into those, those hard folks to access and using that, that corporate title to gain access to some of the, the more difficult, uh, targets to see, but then there need to be trips and maybe it's once a quarter, maybe it's once a year, even baby steps for organizations that the marketing team has an everyday visit to the field and that that's the focus. And, you know, I I wonder, Scott, what what you and your team would would feel about those types of conversations to say, okay, once a year, let's let's go out and let's have a real day. I want to see what you really go through and then have conversations that follow up with those committees or or organizations within the sales force that give that constant communication to marketing. It helps to change that that role a little bit more to to validate what they're seeing versus almost reverse what the marketing team is learning when they go for those perfect days.
0: I think that's an interesting point. The other, the one thing I want to stand up for is uh, national metrics from the agency perspective. One of the best things we could do in order to create uh, effective pieces is to understand what's going on in a, um, at a national level. And understand how, you know, how you can kind of triangulate the most effective message uh, for the field by talking to people all across the country. And I think that's one of the that that to me seems like an opportunity for marketing as well.
1: I think there has to be a certain degree of that because Mm -hmm. it can get enormously complex if you start to drill down into even just the different areas of the country, the regions of the country, you know, the Southeast, Northeast, et cetera. But if you start to go down in the MSAs, it gets incredibly complex. I think there has to be a degree of uh, attention and decision-making done nationally. Um, Mm. But at the same time, what's relevant to me, district managers, region directors, field representatives, is the application and utility of any resources that are produced need to be Very tactical, very specific, based on mm-hmm. the priorities and interests of our customer. Mm-hmm. And if, again, if the representative district, if they're developing business right. and it's, you know that it's a result of the work that the representative is doing, it, whether or not someone is using a particular resource mm-hmm. at the same frequency as somebody over in the Northeast uh, is, is not the point what's what's what is the point is they're developing business okay well, how are right. they doing that mm-hmm. and then empower the people in that area to uh, to to do what's necessary right. Go in you know, there appropriately, compliantly right. you know within policy but do what's necessary to be effective mm-hmm. empower your mm-hmm. people to do that oh my gosh, now you've got you yeah. uh, now you have a very motivated very successful organization
2: yeah, you know i I definitely agree um, and I think that that what Scott was touching on you know when when you're looking at interpreting results and understanding what works and what doesn't, um, it's very foundational and 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 it's critical for marketing departments especially to not know just that they're growing but why they're growing because when you find that out and you you uncover the real utilization of the tools and and the real aspects of business development and things that are happening every day within the field, those are those insights that become meaningful and scalable. Um, it, it's important to just not sit back and, and watch the numbers go up because they won't always go up. And so you need to enable yourself with that direct communication with the field and that real feedback, that real voice from from the folks that are out there every day in the field to be able to understand how to keep that momentum going and what to do when things start slowing down.
1: Boy, I couldn't agree more, Robin. Um, And I I think there's a real reticence and um, fear sometimes that some people have when someone from the corporate office is coming to work with them. And, man, that is not healthy. That is not productive. That is... It just gets in the way of productivity, short-term and long-term. So how do you build a culture that that doesn't exist? That when someone says, you know, when my boss came to work with me when I was an individual contributor, I gave her every day, I gave her exactly what I was doing every day. And sometimes I didn't have an appointment for several hours during the day because I couldn't get one and there was, it just, it didn't happen that day. Right. But I went over in intimate detail everything that I was doing, what I needed, what resources were going to be useful to me. I gathered her insights, her thoughts, what she felt might be helpful and useful to me. We did business reviews, individual development reviews, and it was a very productive work day, but my call average was way below what was required, and I had it was an award-winning year. But, you know, if you look at the call activity, no, it wasn't there. When when the leaders were with me, I tell them exactly what helps me and now what helps my group be effective. There's no sugarcoating it. And I feel like I'm taking some risk in doing that. I absolutely do. But I know in this organization, at least, and in others that I've worked with, it, it, it's it's a calculated risk. It's not really a risk because that's what's genuinely seen as useful and helpful to our customers. And as a result to the marketing team, to the leaders, to sales operations. That's what they want to know, the real deal, what's really going to be helpful to us.
0: I love the book, and uh, I want to let all the study haulers know where they can pick it up. So where's the best place to get a hold of your book?
1: Probably the best place that uh, you can get a hold of most books, Amazon.com. The doctor won't see you now. It's readily available. Um, I discounted the price uh, to make it easier for people to get. Uh, $14.95 plus the usual shipping tax, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, The Doctor Won't See You Now on Amazon.
0: The Doctor Won't See You Now on Amazon.com. Yes, sir. Everybody should go out and get that. You do yourself a favor. It would be cheap at twice the price. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Congratulations. You just got out of Study Hall. I want to thank Henry Deloso for the music and say sorry about the editing I did it myself. Study Hall is sponsored by Douglas & Runke an advertising and marketing consultancy. See you next time.